Yeah. Is the, is the podcast live? Brooke doxes his girl and gets <laughs> 150 DMs. Twitter girls are great, man. They really are. They come pre-packaged with all the right beliefs. They do. They do. <laughs> Just all the right information already downloaded. Yeah. <laughs> Straight out the box. What's wrong? I hit it with my butt. <sighs> Fucking idiot. My fat ass. Cool. Brooke, you want to bring that a little bit? Yeah, yeah. Cool. yeah it's good, good. Cool. <laughs> Episode 26. Um, this I feel like this is a long time coming. Yeah, it has. It's been a couple months since I saw you guys. When, when did I last come down? September. September? Was this September? right before we went to LA. Wow. And that's... um. Yeah. Holy cow. That's kind of like right after, maybe a month or two after we started, you started with us a little bit. Yeah. I think uh, I started with you guys early August. So it was about a month, four to six yeah. weeks after that. Still very early on. Yeah. Long time coming. Yeah, man. This is a, this is a super fun one. I think it was, no, because I remember you started with us July 17th. Damn. Yeah. Oh, because you had to close him because Noah, <laughs> Noah, Noah couldn't shut him down. <laughs> I was like on my way to the airport to go to Italy for a few weeks. When Noah talked to you, I was on the phone with Noah, and then Lo called me when I got Noah, back. Noah, come on, it's a joke. Right? No, honestly, I don't, I don't blame it on Noah. No, because there was like, it's really interesting because you came as like the very like you were super high level in terms of your your niche mm. and like what you did, and so he was just like and Noah was brand new was, to to our offer. Yeah, well, and like I feel like when when Brooke and I talked, he was like just debating what direction he wanted to go in terms of like, Oh, do I want to just keep building my brand or do I want to like ha- start this whole other thing? And so we really like had a, a conversation that pro- Noah at that point probably couldn't have had in general. Cause it was like super high level about opportunity cost basically of yeah. which way. Um, so yeah, this is a super fun pod episode 26 with Brooke Hiddink, um, who's one of our, launch socials clients and one of one of, one of yeah one of our early ones and yeah. definitely one of our absolute best ones who's yep. i mean you've just gone on to fucking crush it and explode and really build an amazing brand and business from socials kind of from scratch and so yeah man super excited to chop it up on the pod have you associates here, have you here yeah and um yeah man what, what brings you to miami so back my family actually, we're from Canada, so I'm from Toronto. Okay. So my parents are snowbirds. Uh, my girlfriend's parents are also snowbirds. So Peaceful. I hadn't actually met them yet. They're all here. So just figured nice. come down, meet them, see some fam for a bit. Um, quick turnaround though, so only here for a week, but just see some family. Nice. Obviously happy to get on here, doing a couple other pods so, as well. So what's the deal with Canada? Not good, man. <laughs> Not fucking good. Talk to me. What's wrong with it? Where to start? I think number one is the, the leadership of the country. So school system, leadership. Uh, I, I don't think there's much good to say about it overall, to be honest. <laughs> I love it. I, uh, yeah, this is a super interesting pod because like we were kind of, I don't know if we were saying this while the cameras were live or not, but you started with us July 17th. Yep. And um, man, like out of, so you're, you're like a perfect person because when we work or want to work with somebody like, to me, social media is a really interesting landscape because most people are trying to build brands off of 
a non-existent foundation. Yeah. They're like trying to over distribute a lack of ideas. Whereas like, you know, at that point, I think you'd done like three and a half million sales yeah. in a year on your, in your store. So you had the skill set, you had the experience and then just, but just like, hadn't been on. I had nothing. Like uh, I had zero Twitter. I think I had like three posts in my IG. Like I was started from complete scratch socials wise. Yeah. What, what made you like, I, I don't really remember. But what, what was like the, turning point for you where you were because you've gone head first into all this yeah what was the turning point for you where you're like I'm, I'm trying to build a brand I think honestly I followed one of your theme pages I think it was Driven really? Dream you know, that, you know what I'm talking about wow yeah yeah, yeah. and I always saw it. I never bought anything but then I think you started posting your personal stuff through that you uh-huh. know what I mean you would post like your personal pro- profile on your theme page yeah, yeah, yeah. about like the importance of building a personal brand and that was kind of like where it started and it started resonating and uh I followed you both personally. The marketing's working. It is. It is. <laughs> I'm a per- perfect case study. Full funnel. Theme wow. page to you. Yeah. And then um, started learning about it a bit more. Uh, I started doing like one-on-one coaching at the beginning. I remember. And then uh, eventually launched the offer with David. But it all started when I kind of like saw your stuff through your theme page. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. I didn't, I didn't know it was like that. I thought it was just like you saw us on Twitter or whatever. And you're like, ah. Oh. I got some scale or whatever. I'm no, teach I wasn't even on Twitter. When I, it was all wow. IG. Yeah. That's insane. That's super insane. That actually shocked me. Yeah. Um, wow. So like, and I want to give some context because, you know, you started with us and honestly, like not only were you the, like just a perfect client because you had actual like tangible, like you had something to give to people, you know what I mean? But not only that, but dude, you were just, especially in the beginning, I remember like every fucking call just yeah. on there what can I do? What's next? <laughs> like every call getting on four times a week. All right. What do you think about this? I'm going to try this next. What do you think about this hook? What do you think about this thread? And just pushing stuff out there. And I mean, just, it took off super fast. I mean, you did like, what? I think it was like you messaged us like a month later, like did 30 G's or something like yeah. that month one, which is insane. Can you, can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah. So <clears throat> month one was very like, I remember we didn't know what to do. Like we were trying to decide between Twitter or IG since I was starting from scratch. Like mm. I started a new IG page, like you call yep. Brooke in the Twitter as well. So we didn't really know where to start. And I remember Logue, you were pushing Twitter hard and I didn't really know why. Like mm-hmm. I always thought, I, I didn't even know Twitter was really a thing yeah. to be honest with you. So <laughs> kind of went all in on that. And then I started getting inbound DMs on IG and Twitter. And that's how I kind of got my first few clients. Obviously it was just like one-on-one. I think I did 30 G's in August, 25 in September right from scratch with like mm-hmm. very little you following. like 700 followers or something. Yeah, yeah, almost none. But obviously one-on-one is not scalable. You know what it was, I think? I think it was because you were talking high-ticket dropshipping. And yeah. everyone's talking, yeah, like this, the store, the TikTok, whatever. And, and you're like, no, it's high-ticket. And like, no one was no one was talking about that. I didn't even know at the time like what a unique mechanism was. Yeah. I didn't even know. But essentially that's why yeah. I think it yeah, really yeah. took off as well was the unique mechanism aspect. There's certainly like been people who do high-ticket e-com as well, but I don't think it was ever done on the Twitter space. A hundred percent. Now I, I want to talk about, I, th- I feel like we can dive into that a little bit more, but I want to talk, like bring it back. Cause you were in law school yeah, and all this shit started taking off. And I, it sounds like it took off just as fast with the stores themselves yeah. as it did with, you know, the social media and whatever. So what was that process? Like, how did you even find high ticket dropship and how are you, 
you know, furniture store, right? That's what you did. Yeah, yeah. So how, how did you even start a furniture store, high ticket? And like, where did, the, where did you find that from? Because not a lot of people talk about this. Not a lot of people do this. Yeah. So I was in law school. So you, law school's three years. Mm -hmm. So how it works is in your second year, you do recruitment. So you get your job in your second year. You work there after the second year. You go back to school third year. And then you go back full time to the place you summered at. So I was in second year. I did the recruitment. I got a job in Toronto. Uh, worked there for the summer, hated it. We can dive into that more later if you guys want, but hated it and had six weeks between the summer finishing and the third year school starting. Yeah. So I remember asking the firm I was supposed to work at, hey, can I work um, during the school year? I want to start paying like some of my law school debt back. And they said, no, um, if we offer you the job, we'll have to offer everyone the job. So no. So I had six weeks with nothing to do and I just kind of started looking up low capital businesses I could start. And I think I stumbled across a, a podcast with a guy who had done high ticket. Um, might have been Jared Ox. Not sure if you know him. Yep, not, I know who he is. Not familiar yeah. with him. So I think I saw his stuff you, on you a podcast. He, he used to live in Miami. Really? Maybe you didn't meet him, but he used to live in Miami. Anyway. Yeah, so I found his stuff, um, started a store and saw pretty early success. I don't want to say luck, but the best supplier that I still have to this day was like the first one I ever made a sale with. So it really took off quick, which allowed me to kind of drop out pretty early because the results were like, I was already making more in my fourth month than I was going to make as a lawyer. What'd so you do month one? Month one was like 30K. Month two was 150. Month three was 250. Yeah. So it, it happened pretty quickly, which was good because I don't think about, if it was a slow buildup, I'm not sure if I would have dropped out. Yeah. And it's it, the same thing happened with social. Yeah. And I, I've seen your work ethic crazy on it, right? You're there, right? Come to the, you say, hey, we have a call today. Boom, you're there. You're on the call. So what is it in your mind that led to, led to that speed at the beginning? Because I, I think it's just a day in, day out. This is what it's supposed to do. I invested in up. I'm going to show up. I'm going to get this done step by step. I'm just going to knock it out. Yeah. What's the next thing? That's what I, I see at least. So I'm curious what it's going on in your brain. I think, like, I think it's like a bit of a mix of just natural, just who I am. I'm very fucking impatient. Like if I want something, it's like super impatient naturally. Yeah which plays a factor, but also I think playing sports growing up, I know you guys both play sports. I was going to mention like, that. Yeah. Competitive aspect, like early on, you always like when you're starting something new, it fucking sucks when you're a beginner and you're not very good. So mm -hmm. it's just kind of like the urge to get over so that true. and start seeing some sort of results as quickly as possible. And then I think a big thing was I always had the work ethic from sports. Yeah. Um, but throughout undergrad, I was partying a lot, being an idiot. I never transferred that work ethic from anything other than sports. I never applied that to school or business. Mm -hmm. And law school actually helped me kind of put that into something else. The work ethic where I kind of allowed myself to get obsessed with something, like just kind of go all in. It was just the wrong thing. But I wouldn't say law school is a complete waste of time. It really helped me develop that work ethic. And I think it's a lot of, a lot of people. Like, business is competitive. Mm -hmm. But it's not as competitive as being like a neurosurgeon or like a top lawyer in New York. Like that... Those are where the smartest people. way better though. Yeah, and those are where the <laughs> well, those are where the smartest people are, right? Yeah, and I think if you take that work ethic and apply it to business, you can see quick, quick success, which is essentially what I did. Yeah, that's uh, that's what I was gonna mention. Nick was saying that, like, in my mind, I'm like pro pro hockey, like that, because you were you were like semi pro pro. Yeah. What, what what did that look like? So in Canada, we have. In the U.S., you guys have, like, everyone's trying to, in, in sports, you want to make it the NCAA D1. Yeah. In Canada, we have, it's called the OHL, so Ontario Hockey League. Okay. It's, like, the highest junior league you can play hockey-wise, but we don't, like, school hockey isn't really a big thing in Canada. So okay. So everyone wants to make it to the OHL. So it's the mm -hmm. highest level you can play from ages, like, 16 to 20. So I made it to that, and then I had, like, pretty bad concussion problems. I didn't, obviously, that's where you get drafted to go to the NHL from. Like, all the highest picks are from Interesting. That so it's, like, AAU, kind of. 
essentially. Like yeah. travel basketball. Yeah. So oh. it's like in, in uh, football or, or basketball, all the best players would be drafted from NCAA. Yeah. All the best players in hockey are drafted from the league I was in, the OHL or the W. The WHL is the Western League, OHL is Ontario, but there's like three of them that cover the country. That's super cool. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think that that's because to me, like, you know, if I look at the people, and also it's really interesting because I just tend to like those people. Maybe it's because I come from that world of like sports and stuff like that. But I feel like if you have that athletic background, like the, the chances of you being successful are just like 10x. It's 100%. Athlet- athletics and then just the gym or training in general. I yeah. think I think just like it's like it builds the depth same, of character or something. And, and the same like I feel like the same neurons in your brain that like fire for the progress aspect for that probably probably very similar um it's the same thing though habits like hard work over a long period of time the simple things like everyone knows to get in good shape you got to eat healthy be active and lift heavier stuff but the hard part is actually doing it but business is really no different yeah it's all (laughs) it's all the same shit and so man i like it's it's crazy because you like just a lot's happened in the past yeah year too i mean you go from so you were in law school then, what, like two years ago? So September of 21 was my final year, and I dropped out last, last year on this time, like one year ago only, was when I dropped out. Wow. Yeah. It's wow. crazy. So February, speed. In, in, yeah, like speed. Crazy. That's the, the huge takeaway. And so February of 22, September 21, you start your store? Yep, I start my store. I enter my final year of law school. Um, like, it was the pandemic at the time, so it was all online classes. Didn't have to go to class or anything. Um, lost 21 was, was still pandemic? In Canada, it was, brother. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, we were here. Good in old Miami. Canada. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, we had all virtual classes. So um, law school is 100% exams. So the December exams, I didn't have to go to class for from September to then. So I went all in on e-com, studied for the exams like two days before, passed them. And then I told my parents, like, hey, I want to drop out. I don't want to go to second semester. They convinced me to go back, and then I dropped out in March, like two months before I finished the degree. Wow. Yeah. And then, so you start with us July. I mean, dude, you grew so fast, like insanely fast. Yeah. You went from, you probably had 10,000 10, followers in like what, like two months? I think by the end of September, 10,000. Wow. It's crazy. So how does Dubai factor into all this? We talked about Canada a little bit earlier. I want to get into a little bit more of that, maybe maybe some of the politics side of things. And I think taxes yeah. is a big piece of that. Yeah, you know, it definitely as a, is. As a Canadian, right, you don't have to, like, as an American, taxes follow us everywhere. Right? Yeah. And we, we can also write things off with real estate and depreciation and all that. So we have some advantages over other countries. But how, like, what did it look like in your mind from, you're in Toronto, right? I was in Toronto. So yeah. Toronto to Dubai, big move. Was it just a tax move? Is it a weather move? Bit of, bit of everything, to be okay. honest with you. Like, I always wanted to move somewhere for the Canadian winners. So I had lived in Bali previously, just like traveled there, lived there four to five months. I Loved that. it. Was that um, while you were doing the, the dropshipping stuff? No. So that was actually, I was just in school. One time I did like backpacking with a couple of buddies, went around like Thailand, Bali, um, Vietnam. And then the second time I loved Bali. So I just went back there and did some summer classes yeah. while I was in university. But I always wanted to like long-term move out of Canada for the winter. And I don't know, like I still love Bali, but it's just not really a motivating place. Like you could make five grand a month there and live like a king. Yeah. So tax-wise, Dubai made a lot of sense. I, was, I wanted to move here um, for the same reason, like more motivating in Miami. But 
tax-wise, Dubai made the most sense. So in Canada, we have like 25% corporate tax and anything you make over 100K personally. So if you pay yourself from your corporation, you get taxed at 50% over 100K. Yeah. So Dubai essentially was a solution for everything, like good weather in the winter. I could set up a company there and pay zero corporate tax, zero personal tax. Um, and essentially the rule is now, as of this year, I only have to be there three months a year. So I can be in Dubai November, January, February. I can be in Canada for up to six months. So I could, not that I will be, but I could be. And then the rest of the time I can be wherever I want. So if I'm in Dubai three months a year, um, I can be wherever I want the other nine. And pay no tax. This kind of made sense. Pretty, yeah. And what do you think about, like, I'm interested because we, we talked to Iman about this. Who else did we talk with about this? Sneeko? Did we? Yeah, we mentioned Dubai briefly there. Oh, he's going there. Like, what, what, you know, we live in Miami, obviously. I haven't been to Dubai. We're, we're eyeing a trip out there. What, in your mind, I mean, obviously the tax situation sounds like it's great, but you, you like living there. It's like, yeah. how, do, how would you compare it to Miami? So, I haven't lived here, but essentially it's the perfect place. Lots of distractions if you're not careful. Like, you could go out, you could spend a ton of money. Easy. But if you stay focused, it's really a good place to dial in, like, Tons of great restaurants, great for connections, obviously. Uh, the service industry is great. So I could have like a maid come clean my whole place for like 150 bucks every week. Wow. You can have someone come cook your food. You can have your barber come right to your apartment. So if you, essentially any sort of headache that you could have, you can get off your plate so you can literally just only focus on business. And it's really high quality life, like you're safe. Like maybe it's just me, but if I'm walking around outside with like an expensive watch on, like I kind of like aware of what's going on like I don't know of maybe it's just me but I don't necessarily feel as safe if I wouldn't do by like I would leave my laptop in a cafe I'd leave for four hours and it'd be there when I came back no no doubt so it's just extremely safe everything's really nice like where I live we pull up in an uber like guys rush over open the doors for you like it's just super super high-end living there is there any downsides to a place like that compared to here you think it's very bougie so okay. like you, you guys know the types, you know what I mean? So if you're not, if, if you're not careful, um, you could probably get caught up in that. But as long as you're staying focused, I'd say the only downside is it's, you can only really be there four or five months a year. Because in the summer from like May till September, way too hot to even be there. What about the girls there? The girls there like classy West Palm Beach? Or are they no. like plastic South Beach mindset yeah. in Miami? Yeah, so very plastic South Beach. Really? Like probably have like a handbag bought for them within a week of them getting there. So I wouldn't say you ever want to find a girl who's been there, like living there herself. You probably, if you've met someone from where you're from and moved there with her, like that's probably fine. Yeah. But I wouldn't want to meet the wife there for sure. <laughs> it's kind of like, so it's kind of, it sounds comparable to Miami a bit in a lot of ways. I mean, maybe yeah. a bit safer than Miami, less, less degeneracy probably. I want to go and check it out. Yeah, go. You guys got to come. I want to go in the Palm. Palm's the palm. dope. Palm's dope. It just overall like has a upswing feel to it, like new shit being built every day, tons of new restaurants, tons of things to it's do. It's all houses, right? Or mostly houses. Is it, that's where like the houses in Dubai are. On the Palm? Yeah. Yeah. So it's, yeah, there's resorts, there's houses, you can wake up on the beach. Yeah. My parents, um, like they always say like they never thought they would go and they came and they usually spend their winters in Florida. But they're saying like next year, like, oh, I wonder, wonder what it would be mm. like to be here for the winter. They, they loved it. Like gotcha. amazing things to say. Interesting. So I want to, you know, we've covered a little bit of ground. I feel like we're kind of settling in to this pod a little, little bit more of a relaxed start. I'm, I'm curious, man, like, you know, on the, on a pro hockey track, you go to law school, you start making money with your store, you build it up, 
to then you do multiple million in sales. You start with us and wow, I, is the audio cutting that in and out for you guys? No, you're good. Interesting. Good for me, yeah. It's just the headphones. Interesting. Um, and so you start with us, you know, just like absolute workhorse with all the content stuff. You grow your brand really fast and then you start, you know, you work with our good friend David, obviously, and, and he just kind of comes in. It's like the perfect combination of yeah. all these different things, like the stuff you guys did together uh, really just kind of took the foundation we built and, and blew it up. And so now you have, you're still running your store. Yeah. You've got your personal brand business and your, your offer off of that. I would love to hear you kind of talk about that and what you're doing. And then like, just in general, like, where do you think it goes from here? Like what's, what's the next step for you on the, just tackling everything? Yeah. So I've tried with David quite a bit about this. I think like we have some ideas what we'd like to do longer term, but the big thing I, I know you guys always talk about it is getting our customers now results. So our focus now is just like getting people in the program and getting them results. And then there'll be further opportunities down the line on the back end. So like if our, our goal is essentially get them to 10K a month profit. So if they're working a job, like that's probably enough to get them out of the job. Mm-hmm. Kind of like a good first goal. And then once we get them to that, down the line, maybe we have an upper tier offer that helps them get from 10 to 50 or 10 to yeah. 100. Yeah. Or um, much like Amon's doing, like he has his grow your agency and then he essentially sells, he finds a problem in the business and sells in the SaaS, right? So maybe there's a SaaS play eventually down the line once we build the customer list, but that all starts with us getting the current people results. So our focus now is just like, how can we get the people in the program results? If we do that, then in a year from now, whenever that time comes, we'll look at other options. But the the goal for me is to kind of get people in the program as good results as I can, as many of them as possible, and then down the line, really focus on the coaching biz. So I don't know whether that's going to be SaaS or an upper tier offer, but that's kind of my play. I'll have the e-com store, I'll continue to grow it. maybe exit the next two or three years, but it's largely outsourced. Like, honestly, you just have one e-com store? Yeah. You don't have any more than one? No, I just have one. I did have two. Um, I shut one down. It was with an uh, ex-girlfriend. We, she like owned part of it, so I shut that one down. <laughs> um, so I just have the one now. And yeah, it's largely outsourced. How did that work with ex-girl? What was she doing versus what were you, what were you doing? She was just like helping me with it. I just thought I, she, ha- she was working a job at the time, so it was just going to be like a way that she could step gotcha, out of that. Gotcha. Eventually. Cut, cut off your income. Yeah. <laughs> Shut down the store. Uh, so now I just have the one. Nice. And with that one, I, I thought you said something on Twitter about doing like 600K a month or something. Yeah. What does like, the fulfillment of that look like? Because I actually, I got inspired the other day. Somehow I started drinking coffee. And I somehow, I've no never one, liked No coffee. one I memed him into. I've never liked coffee, right? Taking never caffeine. Liked it. But then I decided I'm going to. Try this out. Put some raw milk in it, some raw honey, black oh, coffee, bomb, and it tastes like a milkshake. So I'm like, "Hey, this milkshake makes me feel pretty good, right?" And <laughs> so, so then I'm like, "I need to look up coffee makers." And of course, me, I'm I'm on Amazon. I'm looking up the Breville, two thousand dollar coffee Not makers, cheap. five thousand, ten thousand. I'm like, "Wait a minute. One, don't really need a coffee maker first. Like, okay, I'm just me being excited." But then I'm like, "Hey, I, whoa." I should start selling these. <laughs> I just, this, this would be a great idea. Um, and obviously I have a lot going on, so maybe I act on it, maybe I don't, but on a whim, that same day I just ended up, you know, buying your coaching program. Cause I was like, this is a good idea. <laughs> and um, I'm, I'm in there now, right? I, I haven't done anything yet, but I want to sell maybe saunas or coffee makers or uh, I don't know, it, maybe do something crazy. But in your mind, like 
I, I want to hear a little bit more about like the back end fulfillment because it's new to me yeah. now that I like I'm like hmm maybe I'll sell coffee makers for some reason. I want to hear what the back end fulfillment looks like on something like that when you're selling 600k a month worth of coffee makers or furniture I think but you do or, or something like that. Yeah. So essentially like what the business model is is like let's say you want to sell coffee makers the hardest part about you creating a coffee maker like let's say you're gonna make your own no one knows your brand yeah, right like you're starting from scratch so i think that's the hardest part about e-com in general is creating the brand and if you especially if you don't have a personal brand you're literally starting from zero like you have no way for people yeah. to know who your brand is so rather than that you partner with existing brands so if you go to like home depot mm -hmm. you're not mm -hmm. buying home depot stuff or walmart you're not buying walmart stuff yeah. you're buying like the wall brands who yeah. sell through those retailers yeah. they're essentially being like an online walmart or an online home depot so in the case of coffee makers you would find all the best coffee maker brands partner with them say hey this is our marketing plan this is our seo plan this is how we're going to get you new customers that you wouldn't have had otherwise and we're going to sell your stuff so essentially if i wanted to buy a what's a coffee brand do you have a name breville breville let's say i want to buy a breville coffee maker you're partnering with them so you're listing their stuff yep i type in breville coffee maker on google I see an ad for your store. I go order the product from you. You get my money. You send the order. You can automate this through like Zapier to Breville and they'll ship me the, the coffee maker. Mm. So you're the retailer. So you do ads. And you just have a wholesale account with them. Exactly. So you do ads and customer service. So then Breville only has to make the coffee maker, ship it and warehouse it. They don't have to deal with any customers. Gotcha. They don't have to do, do So I haven't ads. gone down the rabbit hole yet. What's it like closing a supplier? It's, when when you don't ha when you use your blank store and you don't have any suppliers yet, how do you close Breville? <clears throat> so, some suppliers are super easy to close. Usually, the ones that aren't that good. So you want to start with the lower end ones, get them on your store, yeah. and then when you reach out to the better ones, they'll see that you already have some on your store, which so is good. So even with a blank store, you can close the lower end ones. Yeah, but for you, like you guys have business backgrounds, you would say like, hey. Um, I'm Nick. This is what I've done in business before. I've created my own brand. I'm actually venturing into the coffee maker space on a new venture. Um, this is like my marketing plan. This is what I'm going to do SEO wise, ads wise. And this is how we plan to grow your brand. Will you give us a shot for two to three months? And they, they don't have anything to lose, right? Like assuming you're actually going to answer your customers and treat them well, they don't have anything to lose. Like if you don't make any sales, it doesn't cost them anything. Yeah. So it's only really upside. The only downside is if you didn't answer your customers, then that would reflect badly on their brand. For sure. But assuming you can show them that you have business experience, then they have nothing to lose. It's going to be a fun little one hour a day side hustle. <laughs> it's going to be good. Hopefully you don't get too distracted. <laughs> it's, it's super, and you just, you kind of stumbled upon this just through, you saw, like you said, Jerry Doc's stuff, and that's yeah. how you kind of well, came know, across it. You have this obviously know uh, four hour work week yep. in Paris. It's essentially what he recommends in that book you do, just at a higher scale. So I think he recommends like 200 to $500 items I do mainly a thousand plus, but yeah, that's essentially the business model. So if you think of like Wayfair, like mm -hmm. that's how yep. they operate. Um, Walmart. What's, what's keeping you from being a Wayfair level? Just In, time, time okay. and scale. Like essentially just over time, if you keep SEO organic traffic, like that's the upside of it, which is nice. Cause a lot of the traditional dropshipping, you're selling one product. Mm -hmm. It's just a matter of time till people realize. Are you, are you applying pressure to, to get to that point or like continue to grow? Or are you kind of like chilling? Like, no, I am. School. It's just very off, like hands off. Uh -huh. So I invest in like, like the big thing is SEO, like getting free visitors to the website, yeah. which is a long-term game. So I pay Caval, whatever, however much a month, invest in that. I have the team who runs the store onboarding new products, new brands, but I'm just trying to grow it now with like a hands off approach. Like my focus is on the coaching side of things, but I can grow it without being involved in the sure. business. That's kind of nice. where, that's kind of where we're starting to get at with, our coaching yeah like when you joined 
It was us. You guys were on the calls. Right, it was, and we're still on some calls. What, what's but, it like now? I'm actually, I haven't well, been to a call in a while, so I'm yeah, curious what the back end come is. Come on, man. Just show up. <laughs> um, but, but what it's like now is we have a couple fulfillment managers. Yep. Um, we have an onboard manager, which just happens to be my sister. Um, she also does call recaps. She's on the calls and making sure people are showing up, attendance, stuff like that. Um, and then those two fulfillment guys, we're basically downloading all of our knowledge to them. And they are getting people the results in the group. So how did you find those guys? Through our audience. Through your audience. So they had done content in the past. We interviewed them, put them through the process. Great. And then now we're training them up to be as good as you know, we are. Yeah. And we've done the same on sales. Like Noah's crushing it, right? Noah is managing the sales team now. So it's like we're, we're hands. Maybe we'll jump in here and there and you know, give some input. But, but Noah's crushing it, right? And... We're off of sales. I, th I think of it as three parts. I think of our front-end marketing. I think of our sales process. And then I think of our fulfillment process. And, you know, what we've been able to do on, you know, marketing side, like our new video guy is coming. We, we've been setting – I've been setting up most of the podcast stuff yeah. for the past, like, 10 episodes. <clears throat> yeah. Right? But our new video guy is coming from Canada. Right? He's been editing them all there. But now he's, he's coming to Miami. No way. And he's going to film everything for us. So, so we're just going to daily vlog and stuff like that. And we're going to be able to push out – tons and tons of video content that we actually want to do. So we'll have the pod, we'll have the video content, we'll have some short form stuff. Um, so what's your, is your focus now, uh, are you guys still running back, like fulfillment calls or are you guys yes, mainly we, like we the do front some, end? But, yeah. but the way I look at it is we, we just need to be the face on the front end yeah. that gets the traffic in. And then Noah and the guys in the DMs are booking calls. Our, our email list is, you know, booking calls. Um, you know, we're just put, we're, we're ideating the high level lead mag stuff and, and we're on the VSLs and we're on the webinars that we're going to start running and, and we're on the, the face of it. But, and then we have fulfillment calls with the team, right? Yeah. Our team and download the knowledge to them. And then we're basically creating the process and the vision through them. That's exactly what we're doing. Essentially. It's a very like scalable model that works. Like I it's think a, the, it's a building of a real business. Yeah. And the best people you can hire, we found, is people who have gone through the process and gotten results. So, like, 100%. we had yep. two brothers, Jack and Joel. So, they had been trying for, like, five or six months. So they didn't get over 20K in sales. So, they joined. We started a new store from scratch. So they are in, like, a bit of a shitty niche. And they were both working nine-to-five jobs. And we got them to, like, 150K in sales their third month. There's two of them. So, it's, yep. like, 75 each. Um, What's the profit on that, do you think? Like, 25% margin? 15, 15, 15? 10 okay. to 15, 10, 15, 20. It really depends on the niche. Okay. Theirs, in particular, I think is about 15 net. So they got about 150K their third month. And then we essentially said to them, like, hey, three or four hours a day, you are going to be success managers. They now check in with students. They have had success with the process, so they know it. They are now, like, success coaches. So we, yeah. a student joins. They'll, one of them will reach out to them. They run calls. I'm still on some calls, but I'm mainly now, like, the face of the brand. Mm -hmm. Like, you guys, like, to get people in the door. Yep. And this is, to me, this is where the agency always should have gone for me. Yeah. And we're starting to reintroduce some agency services. Like, I stepped back from that. We're starting to reintroduce some agency services um, on the top of launch socials, um, uh, on the back end. That's, like, that's kind of what we thought. Like, if we're going to do done for you, it's going to be people who have kind of hit the first yeah. level and then offer them, like, an upper tier. Yeah, exactly. And we, we sort of did that with you. Exactly. Actually, yeah. Like placing people in, inside mm -hmm. um, your business. But that, that's kind of where we're going with it and and now we're able to ideate at a high level get on video and write and then it gets put out there for us like we, the video gets done we record this right the video team's gonna go take this and chop it up and then 
well, we need this person now, uh, but we need, a, we, need a, we need a content manager now to just post it everywhere. But then that's the idea. They just post it everywhere. And then we don't have to go and because it's, it's not, I'm not going to say it's a waste of my time, but it's a low leverage activity for me to go oh, and post I, I hate 100 it. shorts. Repurposing stuff? Yeah. Like taking Twitter posts and oh, yeah. editing them on Canva? Yeah, very low leverage. Yeah. I know yeah. what you mean. It's, it's really interesting to, to have this conversation because it's like, you know, I think a lot of people in, in this space that are, that have an offer and they're building out whatever that info or coaching or service looks like. Like, I feel like a most, a lot of people maybe don't ever get to even like understand what it's like because they don't apply enough velocity up front to kind of get the flywheel spinning to be able to actually like you don't see you don't hear conversations like this a lot it's it's kind of funny like how did we how do we make the money at the start when we were doing everything it's it's super like it's crazy it's it's weird i I think you put it well like there's three stages like number one you have to get people in the door at the beginning yeah and then it's like how do you deliver these people results so then once you have people in the door getting results then it's okay how do i get more people and then how do i get deliver the results at scale without me it's actually funny how like the easiest phase the easiest phases are the phase at the beginning when it's just you. Yeah. And then at the end when the team is built. But the building of the team and the building of the system and the removal of you from the process is actually the hardest painful. part. It's yeah. very painful. Yeah. And it's like. You learn so just, much about yourself. And, and It's a lot of work. It's, it's hours a, like a day just going deep because you bring somebody on that you hire somebody. That you, they, can't just, they can't just go do no. it right you need to put them through the process and you need to oversee their thing and and make sure they're good and make sure things are automated and and whatnot and and then and then they're good but you still meet with them you know every week but once it's just like the meeting once it's just like the the consistency after that it feels great it does when you when you get people in the program and their results are coming in like on autopilot without you actually like you obviously probably meet with the person when they join or whatever, but when they're like going through the system that you built and getting results that you would have gotten them when you were the one coaching, that's the best part. And, and sure. there's a, there's the tangible side of it like that. And then there's the intangible, like spiritual aspect of it. We were talking with Luke Belmar about this on was it two days ago. Yeah. We filmed two days ago. That was a crazy episode. It just happened out of nowhere. Um, I saw you guys posting about it and like literally made a yeah, story five hours later. Yeah. He posted about it and then we replied like 20, 30 people replied to his thing. Um, and then I just DM'd him. He's like, "Yeah, like, I'm down." And then we did it three or four hours later, because uh, he had to he had to go uh, the next day. But on that note, you know, we're we're almost like creating through other people. We're putting the system into place to to create create conversations in the DMs, create conversations on the phone, yeah. um, create create results on the on the back end. And it's interesting how, and I was writing this morning. I didn't have a chance to put it up as like a tweet thread, but there's um. It's a, it's like, it's almost like magic, right? Because, because you are now leveraging your time, your energy, et cetera. And it's a multiplier too, because let's say you were, you're focused on five different things in the business, 20% effort to each of them. Mm-hmm. If you can take one of those off the table, now it's 25% effort to each of them. And that 20% that you were giving to that thing, it's now a hundred percent by somebody else. So it's almost like a five X on that. And then a multiplier on all the other things. And then the flywheel starts spinning. Cause that person you can, can just do, keep it up. Yeah. The, one the, person can do one thing better than you can do five. One person can yeah. do that one thing a hundred percent when we can only do it 20% or yeah. 15 or whatever the, the split is. And then it just continues to grow. And then if, if Noah is a hundred percent focused on sales, I don't have to focus on sales. I can, I can check in, I can make sure, you know, the automations are built on the back end and all the numbers are correct. 
and just look at the data once per week and see where we need to improve, right? And then make a decision and, and have the vision. And then it makes the thinking process and, and the time that we're actually putting into it way higher leverage. And then it's, it's, it's less about the time you put in. It's just about pulling the right levers. Mm -hmm. Once you're actually out of the business, like I, I think I'm at that stage now where it's like, when you're early on in business, it's like your results are proportionate to how much time you're putting in, mm -hmm. right? But once you're actually out of the business, it's like, it's actually more valuable to be in the sun, to relax, to really make identify really good decisions. those high leverage yes. levers to pull that are gonna make like the big, big difference. Yeah. But you have to get to the point where you're out of the business to do that. Yeah. What do you think the biggest thing that you've learned in, in kind of getting to that point? And yeah, I don't, I mean, we can, maybe we can talk numbers a little bit too. Just like, I mean, you guys have done well, your store is what, like above five mil now in sales? Yeah. Something like that, gross. And then are you cool talking just like high level numbers with yeah. the coaching program? Yeah. To you guys, what are you guys at now? Like Close to a mil. I think like once our payment plans come in, we're over a mil in four months. Wow. collected? Yeah. No, like once our payment plans come in, oh. we're over a mil. So your mil like closed? Yeah, exactly. So not collected. Got not it, collected. It. I think we're at like eight, nine hundred collected. Got it. Yeah. And was, does that include like the one-on-one? -on -one that you did with us because i remember i remember you talking about the one-on-one -on -one stuff and i was like dude you have to do a group yeah but no it doesn't so that's just since october 24th when i launched with david got it wow yeah so i think we did over 200 november december yeah november december january we're all over 200 february has been down a bit i think we're at like 160 170 but um just kind of readjusting things on the back end in terms of lead flow I think will be probably our biggest month in March, if I have to nice. guess. Yeah. Nice. So what is your, congrats, bro, by the way. It's Thank you. And it's super yeah. cool to be a part of it and like help with the, like the launch of it. I'm like, it's, it's great. I, I love to see it. Um, where do you think the next move is? Because you're really like, most of your traffic's Twitter, if I'm, yeah. right? So and I'll, you guys are just have a one, you just have a landing page that's a Calendly link. Yeah. Which is crazy. All it says is if you're not interested in high ticket e-com, getting 10K a month, leave the page. I think with your unique mechanism, like, it's just so, like, you're able to do that. Yeah. Like, so easily. Next stage is for us. I was chatting with David about this last week. We were considering doing paid ads. So we we're considering doing YouTube. Um, we're working, like, we we're considering doing IG. But we just decided the play is to double down on organic. Even if it's a longer burn, um, keep fatter margins. And I saw Cole Gordon had a tweet about this, I think, last week. It was like, when you start with paid, you'll get really good results at the beginning, quick. But then it's a as you go, it's it costs more to get a call. Exactly. Where organic, you spend more at the beginning, but it gets cheaper to get a call because you're actually building yeah. the audience, right? Equity. So if I invest in shorts or like a YouTube editor and I have 2K subs, I'm not going to get a lot of calls right away. Yeah. But if I continually invest that and get the audience to 100K subs, yeah. then that's there forever. That's Where paid ads, you can just shut off and the results stop. That's why I really like um, just running basic retargeting ads. They're cheap. They're super cheap. Like we can retarget our entire Twitter audience for ten bucks a day, and everybody will see it. Yeah. Like, last time we ran ads, and we're about to run ads again. I got so many DMs of people being like, "Dude, your ads won't stop like hitting me," and I'm like, "Dude, we're running like forty bucks a day in ads. Like, I don't know. I don't know what to tell you." <laughs> well, it's it's super interesting to me with like, kind of performance marketing. To me, you know, at this point with the way organic is trending, and like you have YouTube, you have IG, you have Twitter, you have TikTok, like they're all competing with each other at this point. And they're all kind of more like everything is melting into the same social they're, media, they're giving you, and but they're, they're just, giving you traffic because they're all competing. Exactly. Hard. Like they're trying to get every, all the best creators on platform because that's ultimately how they win. Yeah. And so it's like, to me, you can like, what's cheaper 
if you, if you look at it, like investing in the organic side and then just like, I don't really even, I mean, I guess once you hit a certain amount of scale and we were talking to Jared, who I used to work for, who had built a huge coaching program, like multiple or like did over eight figs with his coaching program. And he was like, you guys need to run paid ads. You need to know your numbers, da, 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 da. And it's like, I agree with that once we hit a certain point, but we're definitely going to run paid ads. For but, sure. but it's really interesting. Like you can almost now with the landscape of organic, you can just get all of that app traffic. Do you consider, for free. do you consider like theme page shout outs, paid traffic? I think it's like retweets on Twitter, buying retweets. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. I would say it's like, to me, it's like a hybrid. It's like more like, Forced, to me it's like or, for, it's like forced organic. It's like forced or, it's like organic distribution. I yeah, guess, I guess I What do you guys think like I'm curious to hear your thoughts. I think Twitter is good for high level like when you're starting to get into the space overall like money Twitter space. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I think I could be wrong, but I would imagine that it's the least scalable out of People all the make, platforms. Well, I don't know how to answer that. <clears throat> scalable in what lens? Like, like like for a coaching program, the audience of people on Twitter is just way smaller than any of the other ones. I'd say maybe. Like it depends on the, what we consider scalable. Do we consider 200, 300K a month scalable? Because well, I, I personally don't, I, but I think there's a cap on Twitter. That's what I mean. Like I, I think agree. we have somewhat not hit it, but we're seeing diminishing returns to this point where my time is better spent focusing on the other ones that are completely untapped. I think Twitter can be like a 500K a month thing with a really good, unique mechanism like, like yeah. you have now, and, and a, lo- a big audience. Right. And, and the willingness to sell the product because some guys have big audiences and they don't like this one guy's like, yeah, I, I saw this tweet the other day. I forgot the name of the guy, but he but he hit like two or three million sales over like five years. And he's got like 300K followers. I'm like, dude, yeah, like, like you should you should make way more money than that. Like you're kind of like you're missing revenue like a lot. Yeah, I've seen people on IG and YouTube scale way, way higher than than Twitter. I saw a guy so, on, I was talking to someone. They um Someone in Dubai had a client on TikTok. This guy runs like an Amazon FBA, kind of like Miles, similar yeah. thing. But he had like, his videos were getting like two or 3,000 views on TikTok and he's like 700K yeah. in a coaching program a month. Yep. And that's all, his whole funnel is TikTok. That's wow. It. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, and, it's, and like, go for it. I was just going to say like, coming into that, you know, we, because it's been interesting. We've learned a lot the past six months you know we've we have and it's interesting you know this is when you run a program like that when you are helping people and you're not like you can't to really grow you can't just do everything for everyone unless that's your model but even then you can't you can't do done for you for more than like a certain amount of people unless you really build like a phenomenal team but it's a grind and so when you're doing you know like coaching or done with you sort of services or, or things like that you know not everybody comes in and just immediately you know, makes a million dollars like, like you in, in seven months, eight months, whatever the thing is. And so it was really interesting for us to, you know, just to be super, super focused on how can we make everyone win. And we really took like, especially seeing your stuff with how fast it took off. Like, I really do think that that, like most people are not willing to, and you had it organically because you did all this work up front. You found your thing that really worked for you. Mm-hmm. And like, to me, the, the mechanisms and finding like these differentiation points for people is, became a huge impetus for everything I'm doing as a marketer, because I just feel like everybody tries to like, everybody sees the opportunity. They see guys like you, and then they want to just spin something up yeah. without taking the time to actually find like why, like why or how does this actually work? And like, what is different about what I'm doing? That's actually beneficial 
to the world. And I think like, it's just a huge thing that you don't, you don't see enough focus on it. How do you guys find like what we found is when the, we, when the people do like what we essentially outline to them, they get results. Yeah. We're finding the hardest part about a coaching business is the mindset. Like it's shocking how many people will join and then just not, not do anything. Mm -hmm. Do you guys find the same? Yeah, dude, it's a hundred percent true. Like everybody I can, and I, I say this and it's, it's sometimes, you know, like it, it you think about it, you know, cause you're like, fuck it. it you feel bad. Man. Yeah. It affects your yeah. conviction. Yeah. And, and sometimes it's like, man, like, Oh, like, do we really know it's the best thing? And then it's like, but when we take a hard look at it, everybody that shows up and exactly. talks no to us, how good they are at the start. Exactly. Same with us. Every per like the people who have joined at the beginning, showed up to the coaching calls and put the work in for three months, pretty much all have results. Yeah. It's, it's really an interesting, it, it red pills you on life a lot. And I've seen this too with, with my, my offer, my personal training company, you know, it's like at the end of the day, life is seriously just about t getting the right inputs and taking the right actions on them. And people overcomplicate the shit out of it and figure out all of these different things. And if you really just do that, it's almost impossible to lose at something like there's just actually no competition. Yeah. There's no competition. Like if you actually just try to do something and figure it out for like four months, super hard to fail. Like if you actually just super focus true. on the thing and getting better at the thing. And I think a lot of people like when you're, especially as like a, if you're working a job, you're trading your time for money. And then when you start a business, you have to like almost accept that you're going to have nothing to show for it the first two months. Yeah. They're going to have no return for your time. Mm -hmm. And most people can't get past that. You know? Why do you think that is? Because you've seen it now. I mean, you've built two million dollar companies at this point or multi-million dollar companies. You've been a law school student. And you, you just explained you, the flip side of it too, where it's like, you're going to invest in short form, right? And you're going to wait and you're going to wait. Yeah. And you're going to wait until it works. Exactly. So and that's like, like YouTube now. Like I don't, um, I paid like 10, 15 grand for a setup paying editors like five, 10 grand a month for nothing. But I really? know like on, I was, I was saying this yesterday. You're not morning. booking calls off your YouTube? Some, but not very many, like a couple of week. Okay. But if you invest in like a coaching program and you just do it for the first two months, the longer you stick with something, that's when you get the outsized returns. Like if you switch every six months, you're essentially starting from scratch. So if you start a YouTube channel from like zero to five K subs, it's going to take months. And for Twitter, like I was the whole month of August, I was tweeting. I had like 300 followers, no results really yeah. Yeah, in yeah. terms of like traction. Now I get that every day just from not even, not even tweeting it. But the longer you stick with the same thing, the results get more. So back more. to Logan's question. Yeah. What do you think is holding people back from, from doing that two months? I think it's just people just shiny have, object, like yeah, I shiny think object, like low, um, what's it like low tolerance for pain, low, um, just awareness level and, and like ADHD almost like trained into them from TikTok in short form. Yeah. I think it's, it's grasses. They'll start something and then they'll find like every business, as you guys know, has things that suck about it. Every single business. So 100%. they'll start one, They'll see the things that suck and then they think the grass is greener and then they'll start from scratch again. Where if they just stuck with the same thing, the results would be there. Yeah. How do you think we, it's like, again, this is an interesting conversation to me because like we don't, you don't talk to that many people who have a program operating at scale. Like you just don't, like, there's not, how many people are even pushing an offer really? Like yeah. not that many, how many are successful at it? Not that many. And then even fewer are like doing it like hyper-focused. Yeah on results. How do you think we, I mean, for us, we've tried to 
there's been a few things that we've implemented and as we continue growing our business and, and changing things, it's like number one, the, the biggest thing that we've tried to do is look at every piece of, of friction that somebody has. And yeah. if we can take a piece of that friction, like for example, we, when you started with us, right, it was like, we had our five calls a week and you jump on and we talk about what the deal is and we give you, Check get, in. Yeah. yeah, give you action steps. But to it's not sustainable long-term. Yeah. Obviously then we, we can't keep doing everything like that. And so then the thing we change is like, okay, we need a process to where they, they hit the ground running and we can pull these same things that everybody needs to t- kind of tackle. And now we're starting to do like prompts and give them questionnaires to fill out and pull these pieces out of them. And then it's like, okay, what's the next friction point they need to go and make it. So then it's like, now we're actually writing what they need to go and make so uh, that they, it just, elements it's there. there. Like just film the video, yeah. write we, the thread. I, we, 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 we kind of struggle with this. So like we saw a friction <clears throat> point was building the store. So we hired VAs to build their store, but we found like removing that friction point actually caused issues down the line. Cause then they would have questions about that thing where if they just spent the time to learn it, then, then it would have been easier for, for sure. them down the line. So I think, 100% on friction points, but also like some things you have inevitably need to learn. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like yeah. Ideation for content, like you can't write their stuff forever. Yeah. 100%. The the way I, I view it is almost a, a starter guide or like a setup, mm-hmm. right? And get your feet wet, right? Because because someone first starting, they got to figure out account setup. What's the positioning? There's a lot of stuff. And I got to write the hooks and then I got to like speak them and then I need to know how to edit them and if we remove some of those pieces, right, and kind of like, it's like, hold your hand. Let, let me hold your hand through the process. I, I view it more like that way. Not necessarily doing it fully for them, even though we can pitch it that way because that's what it is, Yeah. right? We hold the, the, the actual fulfillment is like, hold your hand. Come on. Let's go. Like, come on. Another one. Good, yeah. good next step. Okay, come on. Um, and like bringing them through the checkpoints, like pulling them through the checkpoints. Um, Accountability, I think, is super important too. Yeah. Like saying like, okay, today's Friday. What are you going to have done by next Friday? And then having a success coach or a manager say, hey, did you do the three things you said you were going to do? I think like, as you guys know, like you've released free courses. Information is not really the issue for most people. It's the accountability and the validation to be Mm -hmm. told like, yes, what you're doing is right. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, free courses are really there to get someone in the funnel at the end of the day. People are going to join if they want to join and they're not going to join if they don't want to join. But it's the same like information that you really teach. 100%. And it's like the last piece is like those little like custom aspects and, and the accountability. Exactly. I want to go back to the paid ads thing mm-hmm. and the scale and like IG and YouTube because that's something super interesting to me. You know, this whole, the whole thing that we're building and whatever, obviously it's more fun to be the visionary of it, right? But I want to, the way, the, something that's really fun to me is having the office of people and, and yeah. not, not necessarily an, like in-person, whatever, you come once a week, that type of thing, but the the power of it to move markets or move online. Like you look at Cardone and it's just Cardone is the one that makes the, one of the guys that makes the most money in the online space from, from his personal. That seems like a lot of fun to me. And it's not even like the money aspect, right? He's very profitable, I'm sure. But it's the aspect of like, he's just out here, like 65 year old dude, like making selfie videos, clowning on CoffeeZilla, whatever. (laughs) And just like, that seems like a lot of fun to me. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, he's flying in his private jet. He's just, he's just like having fun with it. So 
I, I want to be able to get to that level of, of scale because it seems it seems dope. It seems cool. It seems fun. It's right? like the new new education, essentially. Yeah, and, and not not necessarily even with you know an info product or something, right? But the the idea is to have some kind of operation like that someday, right? Maybe maybe soon, maybe very soon. So in your mind, in terms of scale, you know, we look at Twitter, double down what's working, organic stuff like that, but. Where, where do you view like the opportunities and the pieces? Because one, one big takeaway I had from looking at his stuff mm-hmm. and a couple other guys that are doing the big, big numbers is, yeah, they have they sell the courses and they do everything, but a lot of people are scared. A lot of the internet marketers are scared to go and get people on the phone and additionally put that low-ticket funnel in the place and have the paid ads and run the webinars and do every aspect uh, of it. And what I took away from him is that he originally built his business to be an offline business. He was just selling training to car dealerships and he's doing like 10 mil a year or whatever. And then he used the internet to like go to the next level. Yeah. And to me that, that says product is number one. The acquisition doesn't really channel doesn't really matter uh, as much as wherever eyeballs are. But I'm curious, like your thoughts in terms of where you guys are building and how you think you're going to scale to like, and what your, what your goal with scaling is. Yeah. I think the next step for us is to build a free community. It's like a school right now. Like we have a free course, but it's not Kajabi. We don't have access to the people. Yeah. So it's like, we just have, like, there's like 6,000 people in my free course, but we don't have access to them. So I think offering a free community, um, where we can kind of have these people interacting with us and we can DM them, we can run offers in the community is step one. And I think if we run ads, it will be, it won't be to book a call. It'll be, the free, the free community. Exactly. Like to, lead mag, free community, stuff like that. Yeah. And on IG, it'll be like advertised to get the follow. A funnel I really like is advertised for the lead mag and then on the lead mag page that they get access to, they also get access to the Facebook or the school or the, we do Telegram right now just because like that's our kind of our, our spot or, or Discord or something like that. Um, I really like Facebook groups because you can retarget those people on Facebook and create lookalikes and, and scrape that audience. You can do it similar. So like, let's say if I um, was running ads on YouTube for a lead magnet, yep. I can create an audience of people who watched a certain YouTube video on Google and then retarget them on email, Gmail, display, YouTube. But yeah, same idea as like Facebook IG retargeting. Can you retarget people that join a school group? Yeah, like you can yeah, just you build their audience. emails. And you can just- Oh, you, you can scrape their emails? Or you can put a Google tag on that URL and tag anyone in an audience through Google Analytics. Got it. Yeah. I want to talk about that for a second because I think that's, uh, I remember when you first started with us, you, you know, you were like, you started building your brand, you're talking about e-com, but you also had like Google ads in your back pocket and you were like yeah. considering doing yeah. that as a service is, is, you know, that's, I'm assuming just a skill set that you built from running traffic to your, to your e-com store. Yeah. It was, yeah. So that was kind of the thinking. It was, for some reason, I thought I wanted to do an agency, a Google mm-hmm. Ads agency. I remember me and you had a conversation, and you mm-hmm. recommended that I do coaching. Mm-hmm. Obviously, it turned out to be some good <laughs> advice. But uh, yeah, it, Google Ads is essentially just um, a skill set that I learned from e-com and probably like one of the most important ones. So I was just thinking about patching that into an agency, but I didn't know anything about the agency space at the time. Super happy I went with coaching. Are you going to start using that skill set soon for the coaching? And start, you know, running ads? I doubt it. I think really? just focus on, yeah, focus on organic. Um, yeah, if we do do it, it'll just be to join like the free community we set up. And that free community you're just going to promote everywhere. Yeah. All organic. It's essentially just going to be like right now, all of our leads come from my free course on Kajabi. 
but I just think it would be way more if we have actual like a community component to it. Like essentially, they all come from that free course. Almost all the people first join that, and on every single module in the free course, it's book a call, book a call, book a call underneath every single module. So they go through, they get the information, and then they'll just like end up. Yeah. They won't. We'll have a question about something that I said, and they'll just book a call. How many it. How many trainings are in there? Eight modules, probably like thirty or forty videos. So essentially, we're just going to move a revised version of that onto school, but then have topics that they can actually ask questions in and probably put like setters in there. Very cool. Yeah. That's crazy. I like that a lot. What else have you learned from, you know, now, what are you at, what are you at on Twitter now? 40, 42. 42. Yeah. And so you got like a, between the other platforms, like probably like what, a 50,000 person personal brand? Yeah. What do you think? What's the, what are the biggest thing you've learned from building your personal brand out now after going from... You know, two posts on IG, like some some yeah. Italy B-roll to. I think I think just everyone's got a good story of some kind. When I started, like I didn't think my story was that good, mm -hmm. but I think just sharing your experiences, sharing your story, like it's probably a lot better than you think. Um, and just being authentic, like I, I think in Twitter and on video, if you're being not you, your audience can see right through it. So I think just being yourself, whatever that is, being authentic, telling real stories from your life. Um, good and bad and just kind of sharing your experience is the best way to go and then just being consistent like volume wise No, that's something that you did Better than anyone and yeah. look it's crazy. It's just it's so crazy the inputs really do drive the outputs and I think a lot of people and even us sometimes as we're doing new things like Just and especially to the past like I don't know seven pods we've filmed right like have had a lot of really high-level people on You just hear the same thing consistency like, I find like when you do Twitter and stuff, it almost refines your own thinking as well. <clears throat> like we have all this stuff that we've done to build like my e-com brand, you guys to build your personal brands. But when you actually have to then explain that to someone in your audience who mm -hmm. doesn't know anything about it, it actually refines your own thinking with it as well. I've, I've learned so much more from teaching yeah. than I have learned from understanding. Yeah. It's insane. Like I have, uh, it's not even close, whether it's fitness stuff or health whether it's marketing, like we said before, you relearn it, you re, but you, you don't, it's not even necessarily relearning it. Like you're, cause it's not stuff you knew, like you, you connect dots that you didn't even mm, realize were there true. by a proxy of, of teaching it to someone else. It's a really, you, really you almost, powerful you thing. You almost pull out things that already exist subconsciously. You yeah. almost pull them out and they're you're forced you to define them. them. Like, like us sitting here talking about building a systemized business and, and having that's, like we already kind of like understood that, but until we go and do it, we don't fully wrap our minds. When you put it, when you speak it out, you're like, and talk with other people about yeah. it, you're forced to refine your own thinking. And then, and then like yeah. after, after this, I'm going to go sit over there and make sure, you know, I, all the pieces are, are, are in place and, and everything's moving. Right. And then when you actually do that, then you get it. But, but until then it's still like a, it's just a dream. It's kind of in your head, etc. Mm -hmm. Um, but it's something that people have been doing for hundreds of years. So, but to us, it's this huge realization, you know, it's kind of funny. Yeah. I mean, I think like everything that, that Brooke has built or everything that we've built, or even a lot of people that we've had on the pod, yeah. like it really is. And Luke was talking about this on Monday, like everything is an education game. And I think that uh, like, to me, I just see so many people who are trying like they it's not i feel like people want to do these things you know like they want to go start that business or they want to get in shape or, or whatever the thing is that they're trying to accomplish like it's not like they don't want to do it 
it's like they just don't find the the real like source of information that's going to lead them to the to the place you know what i mean they don't dig deep it's super, enough it's super interesting because the real red pill here is is uh knowing that tyler or realizing that ty lopez was right all along knowledge <laughs> <laughs> and it's like everyone clowned him you read millionaires or ceos read 60 books a year dah, 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 which may or may not be true whatever he's selling his mentor box thing but at the end of the day he started with knowledge and to be honest, he's a hundred percent right. Yeah. And anytime, like even us now, when we reach a plateau in a business, it's not that the business is capped. It's just, we lack the knowledge to go to the next level. And then it's up We're to not us. We're the person to, worthy yeah. of it. We and don't it's, have, it's yeah. a repetitive cycle. Like you'll learn a bunch of stuff, implement it plateau. Then, okay, what do I need to now learn to get to the next level? Like right now for us, we've taken one platform, Twitter. Okay. Now we need to learn IG, YouTube and scale those. Those are going to bring us to the next level. And then when we reach the next level, we'll plateau again. And then it's what skills do we Let's now have need to know? chat about IG after this. Yeah. So it's just continuously like learning the skills, knowledge to get to the next level. and them. <laughs> <laughs> but it's also, I find people get caught into just learning and not yeah. implementing, you know, mm-hmm. just like always consuming and not ever actually going. It's to almost like it. learning for a purpose, discovering yep. pieces and you're, you're looking for the puzzle <clears throat> pieces. Like what are the next three steps I take? Yeah. That's all you need to learn. Then you do them and then you learn again. Not even the steps, right? Like I, I guess m- m- Maybe my brain works differently, but I'll, I'll, I'll like visualize it. And I'm like, well, if we put this, and then it's like, oh, we can build another layer on top. And it's like, yeah. And yeah, that's kind of how I think. But yeah, 100% next three steps or whatever you want to call it, it. It makes me think about um, the novel Ravikant thread. Yeah. How to get rich without getting lucky. And, and we were talking about unique mechanisms, right? Like what is a unique mechanism for anyone listening to the pod? That's like basically how or why your process in marketing, at least like how or why your process works better than someone else's. But I always think about the, the Naval, like what is actually a unique mechanism? I think about the Naval Ravikant thread where he talks about curating specific knowledge. And that to me is like a super, like a really powerful word of specific knowledge. Cause you guys are talking about like, what is the, it's like true. implementing, like that's really how you, you curate specific knowledge is the implementation and then going and finding the, the actual thing that drives the result for the current implementation. Yeah. And like for you, it's I really got a perfect example I, of this. Look, I, like perfect example is we need to know, we needed to know better tracking for our business, right? We don't know where calls are being booked from. We don't know where people are opting to lead mags from. So yep. what did I do? I found a Zapier expert worked with him. I already know Zapier, right? So, so we <laughs> built it together, but we built a system. So now every lead that comes in, get zapped into our CRM. We know exactly where they came from and we know where they booked the call from. Yep. So mm-hmm. what funnel was it? Was it my DMs? Was it Logan's DMs? Was it his organic, my organic, my retargeting, his retarget, wherever it comes from, we now know it gives the sales team context. It gives us context. Now we can make decisions based on data in the business. Oh, Twitter's, Twitter's working. Twitter's booking X amount of calls, but we're good. But our IG funnel sucks. Mm-hmm. What is wrong here? We go look in the DMs. It's like, that's the problem. Or we go look and our ads just aren't getting views. That's the problem. So now like we're making decisions and we're learning based off the data that we're collecting. But the, the and that's a, another layer on top of it. But the lesson was like, I was like, I, we need to figure this out. So I just went and found an expert that could do it. And you know, we, we figured it out. Right. But learning that specific piece to solve that specific problem. Yeah. And then it opens you up to the next opportunity. Well, well wait a minute, if we can do this, then then we can do this and we can also automate this part and we don't need to pay this fee for, for yeah. this software because we can do this. That's what and stops people, man. Like I think buddies that I've had 
who want to get into business, they want when they're starting, they want to have everything figured out mm -hmm. before they start. They want to know exactly how they're going to get there. And you just put it perfectly. You have to do the first thing. And then as soon as you do the first thing, that will then breed new problems that lead to better outcomes. And but you, you have to like take action to get to those. And if you're genuinely excited about it, like I get excited about this because it's like, this is great. Now I can do more fun things, right? I can look at the visionary side of it. Like if you genuinely enjoy it too and enjoy solving the puzzle pieces, which I think is really what I enjoy. I don't necessarily mm -hmm. enjoy looking at Zapier and softwares, <laughs> yeah. right? Don't but lie I, to us. No, we I know really you, don't. We know you do. But, but it's like, <laughs> but it's like um, once you do that and you genuinely enjoy kind of like solving the problem or finding the piece of information, it becomes really easy to, to get the next thing. And you just become curious and it's like you have no other choice but to grow because you're just, your curiosity is expanding mm -hmm. as new problems develop and you just solve, 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 solve. Yep. And then it just grows, grows, grows. And that's where all the leverage is. Like all the leverage comes from your brain, which is a problem solving supercomputer. Yeah. Just continually applying pressure towards that next problem and eventually you solve enough problems. And, and to me, it's like, it's a crazy thing looking at why certain brands work or why certain offers work and like the mechanistic aspect of it. Like for me, I can reverse engineer it too, to the fitness stuff. Like that's, I, my brain oriented around finding the specific knowledge to solve the problem set that I had when I had my autoimmune diagnosis yeah. solve yeah. problem solve okay how do i get a start getting offers from big schools okay get bigger stronger faster what is the problem set and, and it's that, always a pain point it's, it's always, always a, pain, a pain point like and it's really interesting because i think that people like people conceptualize business incorrectly they think of like they think of the profit da, da 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 and it's really like if you just hammered away at solving problems in this world and creating and curating the specific knowledge to solve problems like you would just you'll never need money it's i know you guys had um greg algaron like that's mm -hmm. a perfect example of unique mechanism yeah like yeah. you only have to work out three times a week and you can eat whatever you want and you'll get the same result yeah you know like it's a, it's just like finding what are the actual needle movers for this result i want he's such an underrated marketer yeah like and ridiculously like people people associate him with fitness but he is a ridiculously good marketer yeah well there's lots of guys with fitness offers not a lot of them what he's done right yeah exactly like how, how much however much 150 100 million yeah like yeah. done done a ridiculous amount of of sales but it's it's super interesting to see like you know you're even the the people in your program that get results people in our program that get results like that's the distinguishment is like do you actually have the specific knowledge that solves that problem yeah. That's why Brooke or not. It. That's, why, yeah. you, that's yeah. why you crushed it. You just needed a framework and you had the willingness to do it already. And it's like, boom. But that's, that's why the biggest works. thing. Because I'm sure lots of people want to do the second part before having that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a huge. Uh, it's going to be really interesting as the economy continues to shift. And, you know, we got AI now and all these different things. Like, it really is the golden era or like just the apocalypse. I feel like if you, if you can, if you're starting to curate that specific knowledge now, I think it's, it's the I golden it's, era. I think it's the golden era. If you believe it's the golden era, if you're a doomer and you believe it's the apocalypse, it's the apocalypse. Like it, you're going to manifest your reality, whatever, like 100%. whatever, whatever you believe in, whatever you think is going to happen. That's what, that's how it's going to turn out. I think hundred percent. We're having a super quant conversation right now. I want to, <laughs> I want to bring it back to just like you more personally, Brooke. Cause I feel like, you know, you've, yeah, you grew everything so fast and you did have such a like core subset of specific knowledge 
you know, is there anything else like, I feel like we, they, people maybe get to see like a different side or a more like, I don't know, more personal side here in this podcast, just kind of laid, laid back. Like at least we try to do that. Or yeah, that's, that's the intent. Episode. Um, but well, I just, what do you think? But what? Have we done a good job? You guys are crushing back? it. I no, love it. Yeah. No, but I, I want to hear like a little bit more about like you and, and what, you know, outside of e-com or, or your coaching program, like what does that look like for you? What is, what matters to you? Yeah. I think just building, um, much like I'm sure you guys have like a bunch of kids, awesome family, um, become the best person I can be like believe in God. So I think just trying to become, do you also want to like launch a revolution like us? hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah. Brooks a tropical fascist <laughs> for sure. You but can't, you can't, you can't build a business and be jacked. jacked. Oh, and not think that way. It's just like, it, it doesn't work like that. Yeah. You either, it's really interesting. I've out of, we've never, have we ever had anyone on that doesn't like agree with that? Well, to some first, extent? we're not going to have anyone on that doesn't agree with that. <laughs> That's the first part. <laughs> it's a self self-selecting bias, I guess. But yeah, I mean, what else? I'm curious if there's anything like outside of that that you're you know really passionate about. What's the big about? vision? Because like we've talked about it before. Me, I want to I want to build hotels and put my name on it. That's what I want to do, right? Like I want to do crazy things like that, or like build some sick brands and and in ecom and have my name on it and also put those brands in the hotels, right? Yeah. So like w- to Long, me, that's bigger picture, kind massive of big picture. Like what do you what do you want? I think probably um, real estate for sure down the line. Yep. Um, own a bunch of property houses. I'd love to do a brand of some kind, but again, man, I think like I just try and keep my focus like right in front of me on the road to kind of focus on what's right in front of me for now. And when that time comes, I'll think about it, pursue whatever's best at that time, but definitely like bigger picture, real estate brand, something like that, that kind of leaves more of a, a legacy long term, and kind of like, I don't come from like a super successful family or anything like that. So I want to be like the person who changes that forever. So like seven generations down the line, it was me who like gave them a good start, a fair chance. Gotcha. I yeah. love it. I love it. Is there anything, you know, when you're in Dubai and, you know, maybe like the, the work day is over, just kind of relaxing. What, what is it? What does a day in the life kind of look like? Yeah. So it's nine hours ahead there actually. So when I wake up, do you like that by the way? I do. So all day during the day, no one's messaging me or emailing me, which is nice. Sounds amazing. So, yeah, pretty much um, girl is me there now. So finish up like five or six, go to the beach, watch sunset, have dinner. Super chill. Like, I, I don't, I haven't even gone out there. I haven't drank at all there. I haven't drank in like three, four months. So I just try and stay dialed in as possible. I love it. Yeah. Go to the gym in the morning. Like, usually I wake up like six, seven, do three or four hours of work, go to the gym, have lunch, put another few hours in. Go watch sunset, have dinner. My man's living good. Good life. It sounds super what, cozy out what, there. What um, you said you said there's no alcohol there. There is, but it's like underground and yeah. stuff like that. What are the laws and the rules and like the culture? What's the culture like in Dubai? Obviously, we're gonna go check it out. We're gonna do a tour over there and pod and vlog and we're gonna go crazy. But how crazy should we go and what's what should be the limit? Culture there. So in my area, Dubai's like a. So United Arab Emirates is the country. Yep. There's seven emirates, which are, think of them as states. So Dubai is one of yep. the states. So there's downtown Dubai, which is like Burj Khalifa, financial district. And then there's Dubai Marina, which is more touristy by the beach. So I live there. 
um, 80 to 90 percent of the population is like expats, so people who are there for business, who are there for work, not all locals. Foreigners. Yeah, and the reason it's so safe is if you have any, if you do anything wrong as an expat, you get deported. So 89 percent of the population is on like a super one toe across the line, they're gone, which is why it's so safe. Um, Sounds fantastic. So it should be like here. Yeah. So we got Biden. <laughs> Joe, your buddy. <laughs> Not my buddy. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, lots of uh, lots of people there for business. I haven't even really gone out much there, but I know you can. There's lots going on, like pool bars. Hit up the uh, Aura Sky Pool. It's pretty dope. It's nice. like a infinity pool, hundred hundred floor building or something like that. It's crazy. Do you think the networking there is better than here? I don't know, man. Like, I'm definitely, yeah. Like, you can go for lunch with eight, nine, ten guys doing, like, 100K plus profit a month. So, but so here. I think I think networking overall is a bit of a distraction <laughs> in agree. a way. I like, agree. if you just stay focused and do what you're doing and you don't really need a, a So true. Yeah. I, I think, like, a, I do like it from this is, this is how at least I view it, especially with the podcast. Right, we can get content from it. It's cool. We meet interesting people. But the biggest thing for me has been like, not even just meeting people and like, oh, connect me with this person. None, none of that. It's more so just the mindset expansion yeah. of hearing about what other people are doing, hearing about the ways they do it, picking up like little things and and giving them little things. Right, and just having these really just really good conversations over some cigars or here on the podcast or just meeting up you know, for lunch with, with a group of guys that are doing big numbers and just hearing how they yeah. talk about business and how they talk about money yeah. and customers. Establishing, like, a new normal for yourself. And that's, mm-hmm. Dubai is great for that. Like, um, in Toronto, like, if you were doing 10K a month in an online business, you'd be crushing it. Where, like, Dubai, it's, like, I would say the equivalent's probably, like, 200. Sure. So, like, if you're doing 100K a month, it's, like, oh, cool. Cute. Yeah. Congrats, buddy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> back, to so the, this, back to the drawing board. And humans, like, we're biologically wired to fit in, right? Like, if you're... As a guy, if you go, if you're out for lunch with 10 people and you're doing 50 and they're all doing 150, you yep. probably feel like shit, even though you're doing very well objectively. Yeah. But I think like being in environments like that is really good for establishing new baselines for like really get yourself to the next level. And I'm sure you guys found that moving here from where you're from. Sure. hundred percent. Yeah. No question. It, it just completely resets your, your orientation for what's normal or what's accepted. You raise your standards and, and bring them to a place where less than that's just not not good enough on on that note i'm curious your thoughts you know, to me escape velocity from quote the system whatever you want to call it mm-hmm. is a millimoth that's what i think it is i'm curious what you think that number is in terms of you know what you've done and, and what obviously e-com has different margins and coaching and, and stuff like that we'll go profit sure but yeah sure. I, i'd say i'd say like five this 500 to 750 in profit in my opinion and belief is probably escape velocity. I agree. Yeah, I think like 100, you're, you're getting there, like you're getting close. But to be fully escape, do whatever the hell you want for the rest of your life, yeah, I'd say like a mill a month. In profit? Yeah. Cool, yeah. That's, a, that's, a, I, that's one thing that's I found different is like cash flow feels a lot different than having a, a bunch of money. Like if you win the lottery and you have a bunch of money, but you have no money coming in, it can easily... Poor. You feel bored and it can easily I go. Said, I feel poor, honestly. Like, cause, cause I, yeah. at least, you know, when I had things going on with the agency and stuff like that, and my business partner leaving and whatnot, um, I, you know, 
I stopped paying myself as much to, to fix certain problems and, and transition um, certain things I was doing. But I had a lot of, I got a lot of money stacked up, but that's stacked away. I'm not touching that money. Yeah. Right. So then it, it feels different when you don't have anything coming in. It's just like, whoa, wait, wait, like, wait a minute. Exactly. And I, yeah. I'm sure that people that have a lot more than I do probably feel the exact same way because you don't want to eat into that. You worked hard for that. Yeah. It's, it's like, I think wealth, you feel wealthy from how much you have coming in. Like if you have a mill a month coming in consistently on autopilot, yeah. that's kind of how you feel wealthy, not just having like a set amount put away. Constant, constant abundance. Yeah. What's your, goal, what's your goal for like longer term? Do you guys want to have a certain amount coming in on autopilot without your involvement? Or do you think you always want to be involved in the day-to-day um, on at calls? Least, n- no, without yeah. my involvement for sure. And I think that's pretty much how I've always operated, um, at least in, in terms of my mindset. Um, I, when I first started, obviously it was like, I want to do everything, but I, I quit pretty quickly, like started paying people for when I did theme pages for posts and editing and stuff like that, pretty quickly started doing that. And I always inherently kind of understood it. Not like I do now, mm-hmm. Th- didn't understand it like I do now and, and the aspects of it, but I, I usually mostly understood that. And then, you know, the problem at the agency, the reason we couldn't do that is just like, there wasn't an agreement between my myself and my business partner in terms of tasks and and how it worked and, and things like that. So, the the idea was always to systemize it and, and remove uh, myself so I could be the the vision aspect of it. And I think that's always going to be the goal, right? Build a cash flow machine that pays me, and then go work on a cool brand. And then when that starts to feel like a a job and whatever, and, and it's not creative anymore, build that into a cash flow system, and that that'll do its thing. And maybe sell it or whatever, but always kind of building things to be cash flow machines and bring me money in abundance, right? So I can go and invest into real estate that, that'll consistently pay me or other stocks and companies that'll consistently pay me without my involvement. Yeah. And that's why I really like stacking up cash in dividend stocks, right? Like it's, I, I, but I also play risky plays in crypto, right? So I do both. But um, that's why I like that because it's like hands off, I got money coming in. Mm-hmm. Right? I, I got like someone's salary coming in, right? And I don't have to do anything for it. I just own it. Um, that's kind of how I view things going long term with like what I want to do. But I also think I want to, a mill a month feels comfy, mm-hmm. right? And then from there, it's like now I can get really creative. Now now there's not this much. You can take risks. You can take, you can take more risks like you did at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so that's kind of like how I, how, I, how I view it at least. Yeah, I, I think for me, like, I don't, like, I don't think about it now. Like, obviously, when you start, you know, you're like, man, if I was making 20K a month, I wouldn't have to do anything. You know what I mean? Like, oh, I could just do whatever I want. Like, now, I, I don't want to, like, number one, there's just too much time in your day if you're not building something. Like, yeah. What do you do with it? And I have, I could, I could fill it up a lot of different ways. I have a lot of different things. You know, when I get to that point, it'll be interesting to see, like, Maybe I want to just fight all day or maybe I want to wake, get really just disgusting on a wakeboard <laughs> or something like that. Maybe make an album. I don't know what, what that'll look like, but I don't really necessarily think about it as like removing my involvement. Like, yes, obviously I don't want to have obligations. I don't want to be obligated to have to go do some like, then meaning- it gets fun menial thing. And when you do it, it's like, like I enjoy answering the discord and jumping on calls now. Cause it doesn't feel like a chore to, to do it. And then, then we're able to actually get better results for the client. It's fun for me to go and do that and talk to them. Yeah. hundred percent. And so I think like 
that's at the end of the day, like all I want is just to, I love marketing. I really just genuinely do like building companies and, and marketing and sales stuff, um, which is kind of our fulfillment because that's what we're helping people do. Um, the fitness stuff I love, like I, I just want to get to the point where I can have that high level creation all the time. And I think we're really close. It's really exciting. We got our new video guy coming, coming. on Sunday. Yeah. Coming on days? Sunday, I get back. I'm, I'm going to Ohio, see my family and shit like that. Um, but yeah, I'm really excited to see that. Cause that feels like the tipping point where it's just like, we can just create all day yeah. long. Yeah. And nothing's out of obligation. It's all by choice. If you don't yeah. want to film tomorrow. It's not a big deal. But I want to film tomorrow. You do. Yeah, but exactly. it's a choice, right? Exactly. And it's also, I want to film tomorrow, but it's tough for me to film <clears throat> without a process for it. I don't want to, like, not that I don't want to. It's just, there's friction. It comes back to friction points. There's a friction point when I have to shoot the footage and then upload it and then review it and stuff like there's a lot of friction right but if someone shot it for me and then they uploaded it and they edited it and showed me hey this is the finished result what do you think oh change this and this boom good and then they upload it now there's not a, f- a lot of friction point now it becomes super fun to do it doesn't feel like a chore yeah yeah that was an interesting thing we learned a lot with you too like you know because you came in and like we i think i learned a lot about our process with everything we did with you just like going from the beginning and then you like really get it in it going and then working with you know some of your team and stuff like that like just learned a lot about the the friction points and how we can just continually make things easier it's such an interesting thing how much you learn just in the result of doing things yeah there's no like you will never learn anything as good as this when you're doing it it's true we talked about this before it's um you, you hear somebody say something but if you don't have the experience to match it it almost kind of like goes over your head yeah. but if you have the experience and then you hear it as well it makes you realize the experience and the lesson you learn from the experience and then like vice versa right they have to almost like work together yeah yeah uh, i have a question for you i'm curious did you ever mention i feel like it was you maybe it was someone else that joined the program but working with the agency i feel like you had mentioned that a couple times like when um I, I forgot what it was, but someone was, was always like, save me a spot at the agency. I don't know if it was you or not. I don't think it was me, but was that for like um, IG? That, that camera's out. When did it stop? Um, I think it was for IG and actually I think I remember who it was now I was thinking between you and someone else but that guy decided to not show up to calls anymore (laughs) Um, anyway that was was just like a random question but we're back now our audio video cut out Um, yeah yeah Brooke I mean I don't is there anything else that you feel like you know in the past two years that you've learned or maybe just you know, as in the process of really like growing these two companies, you know, maybe is there anything you haven't said much about that's really been pivotal in terms of just your experience and your progression building these things? Yeah, I think um, since I partnered with David on the coaching, I think having a business partner is huge. 
for a lot of people. I'm sure you guys have found the same. Yep. Were you doing agency by yourself before? No, that's why I had a business partner, but I did theme pages by myself. Yeah, it's a grind. And I think like when things go bad, it's a lot harder when you're on your own. Cause you, I think you overthink, you overreact, but when you have like a, a partner to like chat through things with, super, super helpful. And I think like overall just business is accepting the highs, accepting the lows, but never, it's very cliche, I but think not getting too um, pumped up when things are good and not getting too down when things are bad. It's just like part of the game, right? There's, there's definitely pros and cons of both, I think. I think by yourself, you can move with speed, but you also don't have a second look at that, uh, that opinion. But if you have the right business partner, I think it's better than, than going alone. Yeah. And I think because you play off your, your strengths and weaknesses, like Logan's very qualitative. We talk about this all the time and I'm very quantitative, but I have like that 30% element of quanti qualitative yeah. and he's got like the, the 20, 30% element of quantitative. And then we, we still can understand each other and our opinions and it plays off each other really, really well. Um, so he's like, how, how would a message come off? I'm like, well, how many times can the number go up? And, and then, it, you know, it plays off each other. And, and I think that's a really important dynamic when you you know, have a business partner that it meshes. Complementary skill sets, right? Yeah. yeah. Cause if you're the same person as not, it probably won't work. But if you're really good at like for, for us, it's David's sales and back in ops, I'm e-com and the personal brand. So like yeah. it works really well, like a complimentary where like both of us are probably more <laughs> successful in this business than we would either be, either of us would be on our complete own. How did you guys decide to partner up? Yeah. So. At the time, I was doing the one-on-one, kind of like what I launched with you guys. And one-on-one -on -one was going very well. Like I did like 55, 60K in the two months, but obviously not scalable, right, at all. And I didn't know how to structure the sales process, the back-end ops, and he had the thing that he would help you launch. I think it was like 50K in the first month, and he would do it based on, I think he had like a rev share offer. He would take 20% of that. So he had done it with a couple of people who had success. We did it. It blew up. He actually started going back and he was just going to continue running his offer. And his, as you know, is very tedious, like the long form sales letter yeah. and like email and all that stuff. So it just, I think he chatted with um, cold email wizard and he said like, why don't you guys just run up that offer together? And that's essentially what we did. So it was kind of just like, wasn't on purpose to go out a long term. I just hired him to help me launch it. And then it just worked out really well. We're nice. crushing it. So stuck at it. Yeah. Congrats boys. Yeah. I think it's really interesting with, with partners definitely has to be either a complementary skill set or just like some sort of opposing dynamic where it kind of levels it out. Um, but man, it's, it's so much better. In my More opinion. fun too. Yeah, dude. It's just like, yeah, like it, you know, cause Nick and I talk about this, like it, it could be so much easier and I'm sure you can probably relate to this. Like my day to day life could be so easy in terms of just like, I could have a few people that I work on, and I make 10 to 20 grand a month from each of them. And that they're super profitable at that. Cause I'm really good at what I do and make 50 G's profit, just me. And it just be super comfortable and, and cozy. But like, I don't think that you can ever, you know, you're not going to build something big that way. And we, we talked about it when I got back from Argentina early this year, like, for us building this company, like if we're not going to build it into something huge, it's not worth it yeah. for us to do it. But like to do that and build something huge without someone else being there, a part of it and like having that just, it just makes it 10 times more enjoyable, man. Like just to like, you're, it's, it feels like sports again, you yeah. know, like, do you really want to go in, in condition at 5am by yourself? Like, the chances of that are a lot lower than, 
hey man, everybody's meeting at 5 a.m. and we're gonna go fucking condition. Or do you wanna win like a championship? Like to me, I would way rather win with a team than yeah. just like an individual sport. Yeah. Like I'm yeah. sure it feels good either way, but winning with like brothers, I, it's I, as close to the sport. And I also think you get what you want at the end of the day, or you have the potential to get what you want. Like, or all of us, <clears> right? All of us are thinking very, very big. Um, one, the aspect of obviously winning with a team for sure. Like mm-hmm. it feels great. It feels really great. But the, the, you're stepping on your thing. Oh. That's why. Um, that makes sense. But the, <laughs> the, the other aspect of it is like you just doing it alone. It's possible. I think there's people that have built really big companies, like pretty small team alone, whatever. But I think the, the realistic metric is like you doing it alone and just you solopreneurship, whatever you're probably not going to be able to build to the level to get what you want, at least when you're in our shoes and we're thinking to the Huge. level that we're thinking. Yeah. Yeah. It, um, it's a really interesting thing with like, cause at this point now, like a lot of, like, I don't even really think about me or like my situation, like a lot of it's, it's actually so much more motivating too. like, I'm building for our team at this point in a lot of ways, you know, like the guys that are working with us and showing up every day and excited, like that's so much more motivating than, you know, maybe two years ago. It's like, all right, well, made some money this week. Like, let's go to the club. Da, 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 da. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's, it's a, some, it's so much more of a motivator to be kind of selfless and, and think about like, man, like, we, if we bust our ass, like we can really put everybody that's with us on and, and help them build the life that they want. Or even too, from like, from a client perspective or just the whole thing. Like, I feel like maybe a lot of us get into the game selfishly, but yeah. you, you go long enough and it becomes a very selfless thing and it's so much more rewarding. It's way more motivating when you have a purpose that's external to just yourself. Yeah. Way more motivating. Like whether it's a team, your family, like. Once you have like other people that you're so like responsible for in terms of like results, way more motivating. Hundred percent, and I think too. Um, you know, I think the modern world, it's like everybody it almost seems like wants to escape responsibility yeah. to some extent. And for me, man, like having as much responsibility as possible is like that's how you feel fulfilled. Yeah, more it really, responsibility. it yeah. really is. It it makes your life so much better the the times when i don't have any responsibility it's like it's almost soul sucking there's such a vacuum there and that's like when you feel lack of purpose mm-hmm. when it's just you yeah like when there's no no broader purpose yeah what do you think about that i think it's com- completely true <laughs> i would 100 percent agree <clears throat> yeah we've uh we've covered a lot of ground is there I have a question. Okay. Like, we talk about this with a lot of guys. A lot of guys come on making a lot of money, right? And something that I think that I started with at the beginning was, like, like more, like, spirituality stuff and whatever and, like, believing in God. And then kind of, like, as you make money and you come to Miami, whatever, kind of, like, lost it. But then you realize it's needed to go to the next level. It right? is. And I've kind of tapped back into that. I'm curious your thoughts on your beliefs how you feel it plays in the business and, and how you like what you believe, what you think, how the spirituality asks, do you do anything? You meditate, um, anything like that? I think like the biggest thing in business 
is I think like your intuition is God speaking to you. So I think like when you have a feeling for me, dropping out of law school, like lots of people would just like push that feeling down. Or like for me, I didn't post on social media forever, but I always kind of had a feeling in my gut that I should be. I didn't necessarily know why, but I knew that I should be. Mm -hmm. And then when you start to follow those nudges and like that intuition, that's you getting closer to God, I think. So I think like in business, it's just kind of living in alignment with yourself and doing what you already know to be right. So like whether that's dropping out of school, quitting the job, start posting and sharing your story on social media. For me, moving to Dubai, starting the coaching business. Like the more you just do what you know in your soul to be right, the more success you'll have. So I think like for me, the more I do that and the, the easier, obviously I've seen great results doing that, it's just becoming easier and easier to listen to that. And just kind of like, I think everyone knows in their heart like what's right how to be a good person intuitively and just kind of like following that um, without even necessarily knowing why, like just having faith that that's the right thing. And you've done that just consistently over and over. And I think yeah. one of the, it seems like you're not impulsive, right? But you act on that intuition very fast. Like you don't overthink it. Exactly. Right? Yeah. And I think that's something that I've gotten a lot better at. And like it, it speeds progress up almost where you have an intu intuitive feeling, you have a gut feeling, and then you act on it. You stop. You don't think about it. You, you just say, that's probably right. You just decide that it's right. I think like you mentioned earlier, like whatever you believe you're going to, you're going to manifest. Like if you take an action on something and you believe that that's the best thing, then you probably will be. If you, if you second guess yourself and procrastinate, then maybe not. But you, if you decide something's going to be good for you and you truly think it's right, and then you act as if it is, probably will be. Do you think you always had that where you just kind of like quickly act on that intuition no like what? i think i shut it down a lot of my life like yeah. um why do you think that is i think just programming from society like go to law school um i always knew i wanted to start a business that was another thing like i just didn't do it and i had like i'm not sure if you're familiar with like the term shadow career so instead of building a business it was oh i'll be a business lawyer so like uh, uh something else dressed up as the actual thing so that's Got what it. i did for a lot of my life like with with going to law school and everything where inside I knew that wasn't the thing. I kind of I kind of did that when like you know I decided to go to college. I always knew I wanted to start a business. But it was like oh, I'm gonna go get a business degree. But you that knew, makes right? Sense, but I always knew. Exactly. I just didn't like I was young. I don't think everyone knows that though. Yeah. Like not everyone's, not everyone's supposed to be a business owner. It's true. But the ones who are know it, and then it's like actually listening to that and taking action on it. Yeah. I think also a lot of people like when it comes to intuition, they're so. And, I, and I've maybe even gotten into this, like, you know, you, uh, people are, a lot of people are strung out on cortisol in this world, especially in the West. Like, I think that a lot of the inputs that people put into their bodies and their, their minds, especially their bodies, like just biochemically, they're sh actively shutting that down. You know, like if you were, if, you know, you have so many neurons in your gut if you're eating a bunch of shit, you're not going to like, you become the personification of your hormones, I think. And, and so if you're eating a bunch of shit or, you know, you're constantly, and I do this sometimes even now, if I'm like stressed out about work stuff, but you're drinking a bunch of caffeine, right? Mm -hmm. Like you're, you're creating inputs in your body. They're going to shut off that intuition. You're not actually going to be able to hear the, the intuition from the healthy body. Like I think a lot of people's intuition is maybe there, but it gets nerfed every single day 
by the fact that they are never outside or the fact that they are never really sweating too and much, working too hard. Too much stimulus right yep. here. Too much, too, too much of too this. Too much stimulus. Like they're, they're just nuking, they're nuking their shot at hearing God talking to them because their physicality has to deal with so many. And they're never mm-hmm. alone in their own head. Yeah. yeah. They're, they're never not distracted yeah. somehow, which is essentially when, like whether it's outside in the gym, if you're just sitting there like on a phone looking at a screen all day, like you said, you don't even have a chance to hear it. No, you'll never. You just replace it with noise. Never any signal. Sad. <laughs> um, yeah, we covered a lot of ground. Very laid back pod today. Any anything that you want to include as a final message? Something that something that could get crazily clipped, go on TikTok and go viral. <laughs> what do you want to include? I think I think. The biggest thing is to just start. So no matter what point you're at now, uh, if you have that gut feeling and that you think you should be doing something else, is just listen to it. And you don't necessarily need to have everything figured out in advance down the line. Just take the first step, and then the steps two, three, four will then uh, open up. But you have to first take the step one to even see those. So just the biggest thing is just starting, take action, and then let real world, real world feedback determine what you do next. Stop being lazy. Yeah. 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 Make it happen. Love it, man. Well, this has been great. It's a pleasure having you on. Long overdue. Maybe not long overdue. You've been traveling. You're in Dubai but, now. But but cool how it comes full circle. Yeah, yeah. it really has, has, really has come, come full circle. And I, de- I definitely want to see you on some calls soon. Maybe yeah. I'll venture back on. Yeah, let's do it. Cool. cool. Love it. All right, guys. This was episode 26 of the podcast. All our links are in the description. Brooks' links are in the description. You know where to find us. Short form content, whatever. And if you want to get started on social media, launch socials, link in the description. You guys know where that's at. Episode 26 is done. Beautiful.